Hello, my name's Errol Douglas. Welcome to the Errol Douglas and Friends podcast. Hello, everybody. Um, my name's Errol Douglas, as you know. I'm really, really excited um, about this podcast, Errol Douglas Podcast and Friends. I've got somebody who, again, her introduction, and when I say who I've got, uh, I'm sure you're going to be jumping up in the chair because I was jumping up in the chair because um, to find her was hard anyway because she doesn't live in this country anymore. I've admired, um, I'm going to say her name first because I can't uh, keep it any longer. I've admired Antoinette Binders for a very, very long time and we've known each other for a long time. But uh, what I love about this woman, she does not take no for an answer. She is a driving force. She's very inspirational, not just to up and coming hairdressers, the people who are relevant now. Antoinette has a part in their existence. And I say that in a respect of every time I see mood boards, every time I see inspiration, you can see one of her current collections on there or one of her new collections. And at the end of the day, I think that is awesome. And to have that international grasp, and Antoinette has that international grasp, is incredible. So, again, awful thing to say, and I hate that word. Without further ado, I want you to meet the most amazing person, I think, creatively. And, uh, yes, Antoinette Binders, how are you? Hey, hi. Hi, Errol. Nice to see you. Nice, nice to, to see, see you, you stateside. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't get too comfortable over there because one of my questions is when are you coming back? Hopefully uh, one day. Uh, let's, yeah, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't okay. think about it. All right. Right. Now, we go back a long, long, long time. But yeah. I want you to, you know, because I want this to be, you know, it's your um, uh, podcast. But at the same time, I want you to mm -hmm. kind of, you know, give my... Uh, listeners an insight what's in your head mm -hmm. and a bit of advice mm -hmm. so cool. <sighs> why did you first because I first met you in England I didn't meet you in your home country right. why did yeah. you first come to England well I start I don't know if you know but I started hairdressing when I was 14 as a Saturday girl in the Netherlands and I I am Dutch for anyone out there and hi everyone uh, thanks for joining in um, and I knew that I wanted to be, I wanted to have a career in hairdressing. So a career in hairdressing to me at that time at my, you know, young age, um, was at that time being on stage, doing fashion shows, doing photo shoots. And I just didn't have those opportunities in the Netherlands. So, um, when I saw a seminar of a very famous hairdressers team, an English team in the, in Holland, I was like, that's what I want to do. And I realized I had to be in England to do it. So, um, yeah, so that's why I had to come to England. And I did. I came to England when I was 20 years old. I, um, at 18, I was a manager in Holland. I was always very kind of fast. I'm a fast learner. And um, when I came to London, at first of all, I was turned away, like, because I didn't speak hardly in English. And then um, I was hired because I came back and I said, I'm coming to work for you, whether you like it or not to the point of my introduction and uh, I was you know I was taken on and completely retained so I, I went from being a manager at 18 to being a junior at 20 and had to completely relearn because in Holland the way I was taught was all about more the French way of doing things whereas of course in London you know it's more the English kind of Fidel Sassoon derived way of things at the place where I went to work so yeah and uh, so I moved to London I would never forget it it was in 
uh, October 87, way back. And, uh, and basically I arrived in London with a suitcase and 50 pounds in my pocket and that was it. And I literally, um, I, I had to find a job. And the first thing I did, bought the hairdresser's journal. And, you know, I don't know if they still have this because I haven't seen a printed hairdresser's journal for a long time because uh, I get a digital over here. Um, at the back of the printed hairdresser's journal, there were ads, remember? Anyone who was looking for a job in hair used to go to the back of the hairdresser's journal in those days. So I did. And I ended up, um, you know, interviewing like 15 people all over London. I lived in Putney at the time and I ended up like interviewing uh, in North London because I had no idea what London was about. And uh, one guy, he, he said, you know what, I'd love to take you on over the phone. He said, but it's too far for you to travel. And I'm like, no, no, I'm coming. I'm coming. And he goes, no, no, it's too far to travel. He said, you're better off working somewhere a little closer to where you're living. And I said, OK, fair enough. And lo and behold, about 15 years later, 20 years later, this guy came up to me and he said, I was that guy. I told you not to come and work for me. <laughs> I can't believe that. So I said, well, I ended up working somewhere. <laughs> so I actually ended up working. Um, my very, very first job was at Paul Neff Hair on Shaftesbury Avenue, which is around the corner now from the Veda Institute. So wow. isn't that funny how I, I also feel, especially now, and we can talk more about it, is my whole life and career is doing a full circle right now. I don't know if you're going mm -hmm. through that, but it's like really bizarre and interesting at the same time. And in a weird kind of way, it's nice because I have learned from the past so then I can do, do it slightly differently, you know? But I, I presume when you're talking about that other person, mm -hmm. how did you get into Travis or was that another side for you to target or did Trevor target you? Or no, did you no, target I targeted Travis? him, I targeted him. I targeted him uh, because he then was hairdresser of the year, British hairdresser of the year. And I'm like, if I'm going to go and work, I want to work for the best. And at that time, at that time, he was the best in the industry. So I ended up uh, knocking on his door and go, hey, I would like to work here in my broken English Dutch. And he sent me away. Actually, he sent me away. And I'm like, I'm coming back. So yeah. six months later, I came back and I went, I'm coming, I'm staying. Um, and and he was so, honestly he was so shocked he couldn't believe the balls that I had that he took me on, and I ended up being his assistant in the end. But the one the one thing I've known through your evolution and your mm -hmm. constitution, which I think is amazing, and again we're going to get on to the other bits and pieces mm -hmm. of how your hair how your hair dressing career has changed, is the fact mm -hmm. that nobody did what you did. And again, and it's not mentioning, you know, the Sally's, you know, the um, uh, uh, Angelo's. Nobody mm. did what you did. And I think that's a unique thing because sometimes people have a similar um, feel. But what made you, and I know it's a hard question, but I know you're going to answer it. You were so different then mm -hmm. and you just shone, absolutely shone. Yeah. And <laughs> what, what? Did you did you absolutely know? Okay, I'm going to go to Trevor's. I'm going to be myself, or because you just you just left. You just you were in a a different orbit. Yeah, I mean, I was just determined. I was like, if I'm going to be in another country, and I, you know, I didn't have my family, my coziness around me. I just went for it, I, and all I did was twenty four seven was hair, 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 hair. 
you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so I was completely devoted. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sal, who actually is one of my old assistants, which I'm always so proud of her. You know, it's funny, isn't it? It's like a mother, you know, is <laughs> always proud of her daughter. But, Hang on. Um, yeah, you yeah. have to say, you're talking about Sally Brooks. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm talking about Sal, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Angelo, I hired Angelo when he came in, right from fresh from Italy. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so it was quite funny, yeah. But anyway, um, you know, to the point, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I just do me, you know what I mean? I just do me. And I, if I, I'm very much, Trevor Holmes used to say, you're like a horse with flaps on the side. You know, you're just like so focused. If you've got something in your mind, you're like that, boof. And I do, I still have that. Like I'm working on a show for Good. next week, North American Hair Awards, uh, that was thrown at me last week. And I'm like, okay, let's get this thing. And then I want it to be the best I can make it. Like I'm very mm. competitive as well. I want it to be the best that it can be. Oh God. Because what's I know the point in doing it otherwise, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so how did we first meet? Or met, I should say. You know what? It was so long ago and it's kind of a time. I mean, and it's funny how you and I met and you're the only person from that time that I have a fond memory of. I know this sounds really crazy, um, but we met at the fame team and I can't yes. even remember. It's got to have to be early 90s, I think. Early right? 90s. 91 yeah. or 92. 90, there you go. 92. Yeah, 92. This is what I love about Errol. Errol knows everybody and he knows everything. <laughs> okay, so whatever you do in this club, always stay in touch with Errol because... Ten years down the line, you have, you've got you need a picture of something, and he'll have it. <laughs> well, that painting picture still regurgitates, doesn't it? I know you sent it to me, and then when they did this special on you for the fellowship, I sent it back. It's <laughs> <That was> great. <laughs> but but that, um, but but that time was a special time because even when you got in that, you were like mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen because we did our yeah. shows that you are on. Yeah. You were in. You were traveling the world. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was traveling. I was like Trevor's first assistant, so I used to travel with him all over the world. Anyway, mm. at that time, uh, but you know, I just like I said, my only fond memory was you because we we connected, and uh, Umberto, obviously oh, very yeah. dear part of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, the, at that time, I think, were we the first fame team or something? It was not as we, we were the second. Now. We were the second. Oh, okay. You see, you yeah. know that. I wouldn't know that. Yeah. So uh, we were the second. Um, so go on. No. Umberto was the first and he got us involved because he said, go for it. Because yeah. my, because even though we were in the fellowship, it was still very fuzzy. So, yeah. and then when we went for it, that's when we connected, but he was in the first one. And uh, we were in the okay. second one. So obviously the fellowship right. is over 75 years, but the fame team bit of it is, I think it's been going for nearly 30. Wow. So, wow. yeah. Well, wow, hasn't that improved? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we literally, literally to everyone, the, the first fame team, I remember being thrown on a bus, remember? And we used to do a tour. I mean, it was fun. We went to Manchester and Glasgow and we got one model to, to do on stage and that was the fame team. We, at that time, didn't have mentors or anything. We were, like, mentoring ourselves. I mean, we had one mentor, but we were, like, way past her already. Remember yes, that one? She didn't exactly. last very long. And yeah, uh, so, yeah. yeah, we just did our own thing. It was fun. We had a lot of fun. But I think it wasn't well, until you jumped in and you started really mentoring. Because, that, mm. yeah, like, you know, that's part of your heritage, yeah. part of your heart, isn't it? Yeah. 
But all I can say now, and it's like a 365 uh, degree turn, I've kind of seen you in Australia, um, you know, <laughs> New York. And it's just amazing how hairdressing is so small, but it's so connected. And again, mm -hmm. um, I've got a lot of questions here, but I have to mention Jane later. Um, yeah, Jane yeah, Galpin, who's connected mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, did you know this as a statistic? And um, I hope you do. Uh, you're one of the most respected hairdressers in the world. Really? Because there's a poll and your name comes up all the time. Uh, so wow. it, how do you feel? Ooh, about can, that? I, can I have that? Can I have that fact? It's really good for my <laughs> job. <laughs> you please send it to me, Errol. I mean, I did Believe not me. know that. I Believe did not me. know that. And it's obviously very flattering. And thank you. And I always love talking to Errol. He always makes you feel good. <laughs> but uh, no, I had no, no idea. Don't. I had no idea. I had no idea. But, I, like I said, I just do what I do. Sometimes I'm a little bit on my own island, to be honest with you. I wish I was closer to people, but my job took me to America and it's different. Uh, mm. I have a wonderful life. Uh, I live in an amazing place. And, you know, funny enough, through COVID, everything has like accelerated in digital. So that totally works for me. Uh, and like I said, you know, I, I have a fairly sized house, so I have a basement and I can, I literally like, was it 2020? I made 25 videos right in my wow. basement. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to be adaptable, you know, and, um, and, and also, you know, and I think throughout the years, you know, you, it's, it's so interesting and you, you're, you will totally understand where I'm coming from, Errol. It's like, you know, you work your way up in the industry, whether it's through awards or shows or, but then, you know, there, a lot of new people come. So it's like, there's only so many spots for people. So yeah. you've got to keep kind of trying to be at it. And one thing I actually learned from my dear friend, Errol, is you always, I never forget, and every time I have an interview with people, I always talk to you, mention you about it, is that you've, the one thing that you and I have done is consistency. Remember, you told me this once. Yeah. You need to be consistent. Every, he said, every year you do a collection. Every year, whether you enter or not, doesn't matter. Be consistent. And the consistency is what's going to give you the longevity of your career. And so thanks. Hats off to you, mate, for telling me that. It's true, right? It is true. And that brings me poetically to your collections because your collections are synonymous. And again, I'm always jumping the gun, but I really want to talk about later on. Mm -hmm. um, the collection you won with British Hairdresser of the Year, but your collections and your collection now—it's—it's it's just so thought about, so engineered, and it's global already. So, just tell me about how important your collections are, and Antoinette uh, Binder's collection is synonymous. And tell me about your amazing um, collection now, especially the okay. kind of non-binary um, mm -hmm. aspects mm -hmm. of what you you're mm -hmm. doing. Yeah, well. Let's start a little bit back, right? So first of all, I'm a daughter of a photographer, okay? I'm married to a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> so photography is in the blood, yeah? And I've been yeah. in the studio since I was two years old. So that's my passion. Like, I really think as my career, I'm, I know I'm a hairdresser, but I'm also a creative director, being responsible for the image of a brand. I think I'm the photographer without the camera. That's If you really narrow down what I have become... I'm a photographer without the camera. I come up with concepts. I come up with imagery. I come up with hair. Hair is a part of what I do now. It's not the all of it because that was my, you know, my my London stint. It was all hair, and then it became creative direction, art direction, 
So uh, my collections, the way I look at collections, it's, it's a moment in time. Like an image is a moment in time. It's that split second when the photographer goes click and that second is put down in history for the rest of your life. And what mm. makes it an amazing image in my po uh, opinion, and I have a whole seminar stuff on this. One day I'll need to share this with you. Um, <laughs> no, because I have really thought it through. Like I'm a big thinker, right? Uh, plus I'm a Virgo, so I'm super detailed and stuff. Um, so a moment in time is when everything is the way you want it to be, whether that's perfect, imperfect, it doesn't matter, but it's the way you want it to be. And then that becomes the perfect image from, for whatever you do. So when it comes to collections, I always think, okay, what is, first of all, I am like you, I'm always on Instagram. I'm always looking at social mm -hmm. media and I have files like, you know, I have extra, extra uh, storage on my phone because I have so many, I've got something like 45,000 pictures on my phone. Um, and basically every time I see something, I throw it in a file, throw it in a file, mm -hmm. throw it in a file. It's the same way I do shows, by the way. And then when I do a collection, I go back in those files and I go, okay, what, what jumps out at me here? Like, what is it? Uh, and that's, this is how I normally start a collection. And then, and then very quickly see, oh, it's maybe about curls or it's about this type of photography, or you see a trend because you're going to like, as it's you, you're going to like similar things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, on my latest collection, the Extraordinarily Natural collection, I actually went with a vibe, with a, with a gut instinct. I was on holiday last summer uh, with a friend of mine, and we were talking about, you know, how Gen Z is so different, you know? Uh, a lot of my friends, I'll be honest, I'm 55 years old now, and a lot of my friends are late 40s, early 50s. And when you get to that age, young people, you start kind of, you know, talking about what, if, why, how. And we were talking about the Gen Z generation and we, how confident they were and how true they were to themselves. Mm. And I was like so inspired by that because I thought, you know what? I, I, I'm a, I can be a chameleon. I can like be in a corporate room and be Antoinette that way. And I can be in a photo shoot and be a different Antoinette. You know, I can kind of move around with the, with the, the situation that I'm in. Mm. Whereas I felt with the Gen Z, the Gen Z generation, they're just them. They're, and, and I have utmost respect, respect for that. So um, I thought, okay, why not do a collection that is just about people? So um, I wanted to make sure that I had a, a real um, slice of, of, of what's happening at the, at the moment. So it wasn't mm. necessarily about hair. The hair came kind of secondary. So the casting, I, I worked with an amazing casting director, Paul Isaac. And I did it in London. I was the, one of the first people to get back after COVID. I arrived at, at City Airport from Amsterdam, right? And there was no one there. It was kind of freaky. But um, so I was the first one in. And with my friend Damien Fox, who's an incredible make of a photographer and stylist, we got together and, and we, we created this collection, not knowing it was going to take off the way it did. And then within that collection, because I shot it last September and only launched it the 1st of March. I'll tell you also why that is. Um, I realized that I needed to, um, you know, uh, the hair was just the hair that the people had and make it better. Because you don't always have to cut like tons of hair off or, you know, color someone's hair pink or green to make a, an impact. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like making that person look good, which is really ultimately what we do in the salon every day. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's where that came from. And then, of course, I met Dextra, who's a transgender. She was just in transition for two months, so she's very early on. On the day that she did the job for me, she went from select men's to select women's, which I thought oh. was a very 
poignant yeah. moment in her life. Um, Beautiful, though. And then, yeah, no, she's gorgeous. And you know what? Good on Dextra. She's walked Valentino, Mew Mew. She's on all the big shows. Uh, the, and again, for those of you, if you want to have a look at my Instagram, that there's 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 photos and there's interviews because mm. I didn't want, and I still don't call these people models. Yes, they are models, but they're people. Um, and I wanted to, my audience to get to know the people and, and say, you know, it's okay to be transgender. Mm. It's okay to be whatever you want to be. And, mm. and the admiration for me is that these six individuals had enough trust in me and Damien to let them, you know, to share with them who they really are. And mm. I, I feel incredibly privileged because of that. And then the second part of that collection, because having been in the industry for a long time and I like to learn from everything that I do, is yes, I have six images, but I also have six videos with interviews. And I also have a fashion interview. I have two technical interviews. I have a digital lookbook. So I've mm. taken those six images and turned it into a fully fledged campaign that I yeah. can send to different things and I'll turn it into a class as well. So, so it's like being smart about, smarter about yeah. having a collection. And, and again, big investments. that mm -hmm. is obviously to do with your corporate brain mm -hmm. and your artistic brain. And obviously mm -hmm. you're leading uh, both shows, but I think that is something which will always uh, be entrenched in me because it was so different. And obviously I know, you know, because it happens to me, but it happens to you all the time. People will copy what you've uh, yeah, you've done because it's very inspiring to actually hear them speak. And you know, it, it's a lot to do that, especially now because people are so judgmental. But anyway, mm -hmm. that collection is so beautiful, and I identify with it a hundred percent. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, I really appreciate that, especially coming from you, um, because there's mutual respect. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here today, right? Yes. Um, the other thing is a little thing on copying because I know this is a, a, a mentoring kind of situation, right? You know, everybody copies. So don't feel bad about copying. However, mm. the person that has originally created it will always do it best. You know yeah. why? Because the idea comes from the gut, comes from a real meaning, from a point of view, whereas a copy is a copy. Absolutely. I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you can't copy. I copy all, all you like, yeah. but you will never get it as good as the original. Absolutely. Hey, hey, listen, and, I've done it myself. I know. And that's one of the things, that's one of the things I love about you. And that's one of the things I should have said uh, to our members. You are direct talking and you always tell oh, the yeah. truth. Um, but thank you for that. And honestly, uh, members and all the guys that listen to this, you know, you're getting the best of the best. But also what I think is uh, different because you've crossed that uh, no man's land with a hairdresser, very high up, very uh, creative career anyway, who's just gone into a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. explain that, uh, but as a hairdresser, please explain your challenges, because obviously you have to identify and know what Aveda stands for, but you're, yeah. you're Antoinette the hairdresser, and you have mm -hmm. to understand Antoinette the hairdresser, who's globally given education to millions of people. So how do you fit how that? How do you cope with that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, working for a corporation is very interesting because uh, the minute you work for someone, and it doesn't matter whether it's a corporation or a salon or whatever, you're being paid a wage, yeah, and there's certain expectations. Um, if you had your own company, you can do whatever you want. 
and I and I think hairdressers is interesting because I'm actually mentoring a, a, a group of young hairdressers for next week's show, and I'm explaining this to them because when you are behind, I'm going to give you the fundamental difference. When you're behind the chair with your client, the clients come in for you. They love you. They love what you do, and uh, and it's all about you doing making them feel great, right? Mm-hmm. When you work for someone else, uh, for uh, a company or whatever, uh, that is paying your wages, like the client's paying your wages, um, you've got to make sure that they love what you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you need to have a similar, it's, it's a give and take, right? It's like what's in it for them and what's in it for you. And that's as basic as it comes to me. And sometimes, yeah, I need to mm, zip it up. And sometimes I need to speak my mind to make them better. So, you know, they make me better and I make them better. And I think when you're in that situation, you're in a really healthy relationship. And if you have a healthy relationship, then it's a very great opportunity for growth. So I've been with Aveda 24 years now, like something crazy, wow. like a long time. And it's interesting, like, I almost, and dare I say it, I am Aveda. You know, I helped them build Aveda the last 24 years. Um, so the... the the thoughts of the brand have to be ingrained or feel the same as you do. You know, mm. I've always been about natural. I've always been about cruelty-free. Uh, you know, I'm not vegan. Yeah. I'm vegetarian. Now we're also vegan. So you have to have very similar, um, what do you call it? Um, Philosophies, beliefs. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and but I think all, that's why it works. But also, I think, um, and again, that's what makes you so unique because... Um, my kind of directory was fashion shows as well, but I still see you doing uh, Fashion Week. Could Why be not? in your, <laughs> could be in Europe. It could be in, in New York, mm-hmm. and you're still there. You're still on that mm-hmm. pulse. Uh, and again, and you know, and I don't think age has got to do anything because you're mm-hmm. still very relevant. You know, of what you do because you're going in for the same competitions as me. So we're still. You know, we when when we do yeah. meet, we're, we're meeting. But uh, how does that feel when you walk into a, a place like doing Fashion Week and everybody looks around and thinking, "Oh, that's Antoinette." Is she still? You, you know, know I don't even see. I don't even notice that, to be honest. And to me, like I'm just me. I I don't see me as the Antoinette. Sometimes I get a bit frightened when people, you know, when they they kind of think that way because. I'm like, you know, I just do what I love. It doesn't really matter. I am, you know, my name could have been Tracy. It could have been anything. I am just who I am, you know. You're Errol. I know you're Errol as the person. Errol's the hairdresser. But the, yeah. at the end of the day, we're all humans, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, it's not a problem for me. It's maybe a problem for them, but not for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just but do me. I've, I've seen you because um, when we were in Australia, because I bought mm-hmm. my... Um, Fame team there. Fame team, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We yeah, went into it. your hotel. Biggest, um, <laughs> get this, guys. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Errol Douglas on. Club members, get this. I walked into <laughs> the biggest suite, and I like a big room. I walked into the biggest suite. Uh, my suites are normally on one floor. <laughs> Antoinette's suite was over two floors, and it had three balconies. <laughs> so I, I, I'm walking the fame team in and the clothes everywhere, mood balls everywhere. I'm walking in and Antoinette still ran over and had time. Anyway, that was a great thing. And then you invited them to fun, do... It was fun, right? It was fun. Yeah. Listen, I didn't even have time to spend in that room. You know what I mean? <laughs> and also what you forget is like some people, they rent a, a hotel ballroom 
and I like to have everything in my hotel room. So I just have a bigger hotel room and have everything there. So I know my clothes are safe. I know my stuff is safe. I know I can do whatever I want. I can work up two o'clock in the morning and make hair pieces. That's why well, I do that. I have never seen so much production. <laughs> I've done right, an yeah, expo yeah, show, <laughs> which is, we can't talk about it anymore, but um, you had cages, you had, surf, you had so many things going on. And you know mm -hmm. the adulation uh, of Australians. They love your work because you can walk around mm -hmm. and you get that. But uh, they were blown away, blown away yeah. by that show. I was. Well, because to me, it, well, thanks, Errol. But to me, it's storytelling, you see. It's like, yeah. and, and again, I'm, I, like I said, I'm working on this thing next week, right? It's, it's a small, it's the North American Hairdressing Awards. I'm like, okay, I said to my team, everybody's going to have models walking up and down. How can you be different? Because you can all see whether they have a long dress, a short dress, a, 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 a short haircut, a long hair. It doesn't matter. They're all mm. going to walk up and down that stage. Mm. So what are we going to do different? And that's how I think it through. I don't know if I ever told you this, but if people say to me, what would you have been if you weren't a hairdresser or a creative director or whatever? I would have either been a photographer or a detective. I love figuring <laughs> things out. I'm like Forensics, I was, you would be good I, at. I, I, totally. Well, I can't stand blood, but... <laughs> oh no no no! I totally I'm not talking about. Love sussing things out. Yeah, yeah, but you would you would like finding your fine detail. You go to yeah, the nth yeah. degree Virgo, to make sure yeah, it's right. Virgo in me, yeah. yeah. And then no, I, no, no. I try to work with the best people. You know, yeah. like I will get Jane Galpin involved, who you spoke about earlier. Yes. Who used to be the the, the main producer of the clothes show in the '90s, who again actually put all the hairdressers on the map. Uh, on TV. That's why they all became celebrity hairdresser. You were one of them. Mm. I was one of them. Yeah. Um, and, and Jane is incredible. You know, not only has she yeah. got an incredible fashion backdrop, but she also has an incredible production backdrop. So, mm. or background. So I work, I don't do a show without Jane. There's no way. Mm. And then I also teamed up now the last couple of years with a guy called Michael Lamfer, who is ex Cirque du Soleil. So he used to do all the Cirque du Soleil stuff. And I don't, my show is not Cirque du Soleil by no means, but it's elements of entertainment. And then yes. I add 3D, um, I, I like to do fashion because that's, to me, hair is part of the body and hair is the fashion mm. of the body. Yeah. Um, so I like to have fashion. This is the ingredients for my show. Fashion, entertainment, um, a, a, a 3D experience of some kind, like mm. three-dimensional. And then I always sit in the back of the room when I walk into a show and see what the audience can actually see. Mm. Because there's no point in coming up with an intricate hairstyle and they're in the last row of a theater that they're going to see a pinhead. Mm. So you've got to adjust your hair to the distance that you're showing or the media that you're showing it, whether it's Instagram, whether it's film or whatever it is, you know. And I love figuring all that out. So one of my top tips for your club, do your research and your prep. Absolutely. Really like, uh, I will prep for a three minute show a month, minimum. You wow. know, when I do a shoot for like a campaign for Veda, I will look at 250 models. I want to see everybody in New York, everybody. Mm. But because there's always someone that comes in and go, oh, you're interesting. Antoinette, hold that full. Mm. Go back and mm -hmm. almost say it as if you're not Antoinette and you haven't got those big budgets and... What do people I don't do? always have big budget. I don't always okay. have big budget. Okay. That, that, you know, I, I, I can make a, a pound or a dollar 
like make I can do a lot with that. I'm super tight. I'm <laughs> I'm very no, I am and, and hey, working with Jane is great. She's even faster yeah. than I am. <laughs> but um no, I get a lot for my money. Like I was gonna say gonna, she's tighter, but that's not appropriate. <laughs> ah, no, but so together we're we're quite uh yeah, be a good negotiator. And you know what? When I do my own collections, I don't get that big a budget. I really don't. But it's about relationships. It's about knowing. It's and you know, at the end of the day, guys, what it really is all about is having a great idea. If you have a great mm. idea, you don't need a lot of money. You can do it in your mm. backyard if you have to. It's 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 just about coming up with a great idea and executing it, and and Absolutely. really oh. knowing every element of it. Like you know, I, the hair is there. I say it's almost the last thing for me. To me, all the other things mm. are so important. The lighting, you know, with the extraordinary collection, I'm talking about real feelings of people, real realness. I want it to be photographed in a real way. So am I going to use flash? No, because flash is fake, fake light. I'm going to use real daylight. So it's, mm. it's taking that threat all the way through. And that's when you have an original concept. Well, one day, and this is going to happen um, pretty soon, and I'm going to mm -hmm. explain it when I do a podcast on Jane Galvin because um, she, oh, is yeah. Yeah, she is prolific. And I know she's always behind the scenes, but um, uh, I'm mm -hmm. going to bring her in front of the scenes because she has to tell the story which everybody's interlinked and, and, and uh, related. But your collection, when you won British Hairdresser of the oh, Year, yeah, yeah, yeah. was yeah, yeah. a collection everybody spoke about everybody went up to the board mm. everybody were like so tell me <laughs> that moment i know because you know we all knew we didn't know yeah, it was right. yours but we all knew mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. everybody was talking about it um how did it feel because again you know you've had an amazing career you've worked really hard and mm -hmm. you've earned it. You've absolutely earned it. Still working but, hard, Errol. Still sorry, working hard. Sorry, I know you're still working hard. <laughs> but you took one of the most coveted awards in the world. And, you know, and you can say this and you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's anybody and you've done all your travel, but you've, you can still, you're an international, but you have won British Hairdresser of the Year in 2004. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? I did. You know what? At the time, I, I I just remember seeing the video clip of it because I, I think I was so numb when when I heard my name called out. And bear in mind, guys, I was. I even remember that beautiful course. chiffon dress you had on. You know you had. Oh, to... <laughs> you're sweet. Oh, you see, he's a charmer. It gets you. Um, no, I remember it. I absolutely <laughs> remember. It. No, no, but um, what's interesting? Um, Hang on, I just lost my... Yeah, I was just numb. And I tell you, because you don't win British Hairdresser of the Year lightly, right? It took me six years. I was nominated six bloody years before I won that award. But I always said, I only want to win it once. I don't need to win it a hundred times. I don't care. I honestly don't because I want to do other things. I want to, I want to just... I don't want to be stuck in that thing. You know what I mean? Like this mm. hairdresser out there and they want to win it five times or have the most times. Who cares? You know what I mean? It's like, mm. win it, win it, wear it, and move on. <laughs> That's mm. kind of where I'm at. So, uh, because I think there's so many other things you can do with something like that. Uh, however, I have been nominated for 10 times. And the, the, the only thing that I think that's good about being a nomination um, is that it really pushes you to do collections. 
So I love mm. that. And then when I stopped being nominated because I moved country, I ended up uh, still doing collections because I remembered from entering awards, it pushed me. So I decided to either do one or two collections a year. Mm. So, and that's what I kept up. And to your point again, Errol, thank you. Consistency, yeah. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, that was amazing. And and to be honest with you, like my very first nomination was 1999. Remember when I put the old ladies? Yes. But yeah, I did a collection. <laughs> but, but Antoinette, look yeah. how forward thinking you were. Because for the last couple of years, everybody's done it in their collections. So oh, yeah. we've, we've had the gender, but we've had, you know, um, one of the... Um, Robert Eaton, one with senior ladies as well in his oh, collection. Okay. Hmm. So well, not senior is the one I had. Mine was ninety-one. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck her in Givenchy and gave her this crazy hairdo, and it was really cute, actually. Now, what I and the reason why I did that um, was I wanted to do women because I was the first female, single hmm. female, to be nominated for British at the time. Um, hmm. I wanted to do something for women. So I wanted to have women in different ages. So I did a, one in the teens, one in the 20s, one in the 30s, all the way to 90s. I, I think I had nine or 10 pictures at the time. Um, and then I put the before pictures. You know how you used to, I don't know if you still have to do that. You have to, you have to make this kind of form when you, you need to write down what you've done and all that kind of stuff. And I put all the before pictures in it mm -hmm. and I got disqualified <laughs> the first time I was disqualified. Wow. Yeah, because I wasn't supposed to put the before pictures in. Well, whatever. That was 1999, if we want. You get over that real quick. Um, but yeah, it took me six years. And I really would have liked to have been the first female to win British because I was one of the first to win London, avant-garde as well. Mm. Uh, but, you know, hey, I won the damn thing. It's done. Move on, right? That's how I look at it. But so. but you, it's, still, it's still something quite relevant. Um, and people talk about it all the time because, like I said, really? you know, uh, for me, one of your um, famous pictures was that beautiful girl almost crouching down and she had uh oh she had these anyway, from that collection this, from that yeah, collection yeah. okay i know yeah it was yeah. really great styling desiree styling oh the late desiree unbelievable mm. yeah everybody's yeah. still in shock about her passing oh my god i couldn't yeah. believe it when when i read that i was like omg such yeah. an amazing great girl i'm gonna call it girl because i knew her earlier in my career yeah. Um, yeah. and just heart of gold and yeah. incredible who, who shot that connection carl bengston from carl sweden bengston. and the reason why i tell you why why i got him because i actually spent a lot of time researching photographer i'm still today totally in love with paolo reversi yes and of course i wanted to do a paolo reversi-esque mm. talking about copying uh, <laughs> paolo reversi-esque type of um collection and um, those those pictures were actually shot on ten by eight Polaroids. Wow! So, which there's only three or four people in the world that were shooting on ten by eight Polaroids. One was uh, Paolo Reversi, one is Carl Bankston, and one was Zana Wilford. Uh, and, I've wow. done, and after Carl, I started shooting with Zana on first ten by eight Polaroids, mm -hmm. and then we started doing that in a digital way. I remember my very first campaign for well, invite not massive campaign. It was all over London, the Invati campaign. We, we didn't have Polaroid anymore. We then did it in a digital way and we took 50 pictures and like put them together and it became one picture. It was quite mad. And was trying to emulate the effect of a Polaroid. I go real deep when it comes to photography. Mm. Like I love the technology and the thoughts behind it and the lighting. And like I said, I'm the photographer without the camera.
One day anyway, I might pick up a camera. I'll go click. The, it's 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 a reference thing, and um, I love looking f backwards. Even though I look mm -hmm. forwards, I love looking backwards because um, they're collections which you always admire, and that one is definitely um, one I admired. But kind Thank of. You. Let, let, let's jump into a little bit of a, advice and then I'm going to ask you mm -hmm. when you're coming mm -hmm. back to England. Um, okay. <laughs> advice, because women, or I mm -hmm. should say people, non-binary, yeah. all-inclusive, mm -hmm. but you know, somebody out there who wants to do well in your position, mm -hmm. uh, what would you say? Uh, doesn't Because you've given me a bit about you came to England, but what would you say about advice of getting to okay. the right place or the right people? Right. It's real basic. And it, you know, it's, to me, it's real simple. You've got to want it that much more than the other person. So mm. if you are going up for a job or you're going up for something and you want to do something amazing, you need to want to do it that much more than the other people that are in that same group that want to do the same thing as you do. So I don't know whatever in hair you know you probably end up like working for free for a lot you know like i want to do fashion week i'm just making it up right uh you want to do fashion week okay now you need to go and bust your guts out for someone for free for like two years i'm just making it up or you want to do photography and you haven't got a budget you go and work with a photographer's assistant and there's plenty of people on instagram so there's no excuses and you will just DM them every day until that person gets fed up with you and says, okay, what, 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 you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You just in, got to get into someone's face. And that's the, that's the only way to get any, and I don't think it's just hairdressing, it's everything, you know? Absolutely. And that's, I think what got me originally into, you know, the Sorby camp uh, was by persistency. Cause I could have, you know, I was turned down, you know, and I could have walked away with a tail between my legs and go, oh, that didn't work. Let's go back home to Holland. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm going back. He is going to have me. You can have enough belief in yourself that you are uniquely different because everybody's uniquely different. It's just finding out what makes you uniquely different that someone else hasn't got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you figure that out, then home in it and just go for it. Just push away right to the forefront. But would you go so far? Because a lot of people um, follow Fashion Week because they go to Italy, mm -hmm. they go to New York, uh, they go to Paris. Um, again, would you say to do that or if you can afford to do that or not, or would you wait it out until it comes, uh, that fashion week comes to your country? No, you've got to go where the work is. Good. Why do you think I'm in America? <laughs> I, why do you think I left Holland? Mm. You've got to go where the work is. Why do you think I'm in Minneapolis? I'm in Minneapolis, everybody. Why do you think I'm in Minneapolis? That's where my company is or the company mm. I work for is. If the company was in Denver, Colorado, I'd be there. Or if it was in Tokyo, I'd be there. You've got to mm -hmm. go with the word, always, always. You can't expect, I've said this a lot to hairdressers here in the States, you can't expect to do a fashion week in, you know, Tallahassee, you know, Florida. <laughs> it ain't yeah. going to happen. Yeah. You, know, you need to move to New York. Yeah. If you're not prepared, then you're not going to do it. It's real simple. So I know you like your life. Hairdressers, they don't like me saying it, but, I'm, you know, you ask my no, people no. to get it. Antoinette, you tell the truth. Um, mm -hmm. You're in Minneapolis. What mm -hmm. is it? Sorry, my voice is. Yeah, I, I'm bringing my voice back for you. It was. It went this morning, and I was like gargling <laughs> like mad. But um, will you ever come back? 
to London? I'm always day? back. I'm everywhere, mate. I live on Delta. I know, Airlines. I see you, but I'm just saying, but would you come back? Come back. Well, I still have my flat in London. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's definitely an, an, a corridor open there. But I'm in London two, three times a year. I love London. Errol, the end of the day is where my heart is. There's no doubt about it. My heart is not here. It's not. I have a nice lifestyle, but my heart's not here. My heart is in England. It's not even in Holland. It's in London because that's where I feel connected to the people. There's something about London that makes me feel like home. And that's why I haven't sold my flat. And that's why I always will have that door open for when I want to go back. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I love London. And hopefully my next collection I can shoot in London. The Extraordinarily one was shot in London. It's just, mm. London is special. Really special. Yeah. So what is your next not 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 the uh, collections what what is next for antoinette fingers and it could be a vader or it could be special products um sorry special I, I, projects I do you no have idea. time to do stuff for yourself yeah i do actually i i'm on a mm. sweet situation i only work three weeks a month for a vader and have one week a month free for me okay I have negotiated, you know, I have been there a long time, people, and I have worked, I've worked really hard to get to that point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I actually do creative direction for other companies in that week off. I just did a whole rebranding of a, a $2 billion fitness company uh, here in America, which I, I love creative directing. I love coming, I love branding. I love coming up with concepts. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then I do the hair as well. So, you know, they get, Two things for yeah. the price of one, right? <laughs> but so, yeah, you can you're, do that you're, Something I've, you know, and I've said this to a few of my friends, and it's almost like a, a super show, and we have to get Jane involved. It would be great mm -hmm. to do a, a super show because, uh, again, I can only go by being in the audience. Uh, I've done tribute show, but I was blown away by the... A tribute show which was um, dedicated to Trevor and okay, everybody, yeah, that was a fun one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody came. That on was stage. a super low budget show, by the way. Really? No budget. There was no budget. <laughs> okay. So no, we did. I think but, we paid for our own lunch as well. There was no what? budget. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. Anyway, was, honestly, so shows don't always cost money, right? It's the no, ideas that true. make it. That's true. But it was a very emotional show. Yeah in the respect of what people were saying about Trevor, but also it was, you know, in a packed audience, in a, yeah. uh, in a theater, which is unusual for like a hair show. But um, that was like amazing. But one day I can see us all, myself, you know, all the people we know on stage to just do a real global jam, you know. Fun, I love it. Yeah. yeah, it would be amazing. It'd be great. And I think that's, like you said, what made that show so special. It's like, you know, Sal, you know, I, Sal and I used to travel together so much. Angelo, you know, was our baby. Uh, Eugene, you know, I was Eugene's baby at the time in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Eugene, I used to support Eugene on everything. Like mm -hmm. I worked with him for 11 years straight on every show that he ever did then. Mm -hmm. um, Eugene also worked at Aveda. We, we all went to Aveda together, actually. I just remembered that. It was Eugene, myself, uh, Pat McGrath, and David mm. Adams, so four of us joined the Vader in '97. Wow! Um, yeah, and look he told at you me now. Actually, well, he told me he told me at the tribute show. He said Horst didn't like him. <laughs> 
Horst, who was the founder, oh yeah, is the founder. He's no longer with us. He said Horst didn't like me. He only lasted six months. And Eugene is a brilliant hairdresser. I mean, amazing. Yes, of course. But um, yeah, no, we've done. We've all done well actually from that group. If you look at Eugene, he's done incredible. Pat McGrath, I mean, come on, she's done incredible. Uh, I've done mm. not bad. And David's got his own company too. So we've all done well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a but, little pack, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's it's an amazing pack. And this, guys, members, this is golden because um, I'm so grateful and I'm so delighted we've had this chat. We can talk forever. But, oh, yes, um, <laughs> guys, this 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 podcast is gonna. I'm gonna have another one, and I want to do it in another way. So I'm gonna talk to you about something else. How we can just oh, okay. kind of ramp people up. But again, I'm grateful for your time. And, oh yeah, uh, no, I'm grateful is... for you, Errol. What's the time there now? Here in, it's in... uh ten forty in the morning. Yeah. Ten forty in the morning. So it's nearly. Um, it's nearly four o'clock. It's 3.40 uh -huh. uh, p.m. Yeah. And it's a glorious day as well. Yeah, so, same here. We just got the snow melting, so I'm very happy. <laughs> anyway. It gets minus jump... 30 here, you know, so. Oh, you can keep that. You can keep that. We, we, can, I, can used... I add one more thing? Because, yes. you know, obviously for us, it's a really lovely time to have a chat together. But for your audience, you know, you are one of the questions that you, are, that you were going to ask me was about any advice for your Errol Douglas Club. Oh, yeah, sorry. And I, I kind of want to do that because, you know, they are, after all, they want to hear what we've got to say, right? So I would say more than anything, go after your dreams and do yourself a favor and never say no. Because you say no and they'll never ask you again, yeah? You're better off saying yes and then figuring it out later if you can or can't do it, but never say no straight away. That, that little bit of advice will get you a long way because I used to say no to stuff and they never come back. <laughs> so never say no, okay? Whatever it is. And always, whatever you put in, so the energy, the love, the passion, it will always come back. So you might not see that. You might be working really, really hard for, you know, to do your pictures or you might not get anywhere or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, it will come back. You just got to, it just means you got to put a bit more effort into it. So never give up. Always put in that energy because the world is, world goes around in energy. So the more energy, the more effect you're going to have, the more effect the more successful you'll be. And I think that's probably part of some of my success is the energy that I put into something or I still do today. Like, you know, 16 hour days. Hey, what's that? That's nothing, right? You just keep going. It, it doesn't go away, by the way. It doesn't mean you turn 50 years old and suddenly you're to a six hour work day. No, that's not going to happen if you want a career. You've got to put in the love and the energy and the passion and keep going. <sighs> I'm, <laughs> standing, okay? I'm standing on that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Members, Errol Douglas uh, Club members, that is golden. And I, I can't say any more. Golden. <laughs> Thank you very much. My pleasure. And listen, everybody, best of luck. Eh? Um, and if you want to see some of my stuff, join me at, at Antoinette Beanders on Instagram. I'd love some more followers. So, you know, my man over here, he's got hundreds of thousands of followers now. <laughs> Uh, I would love some more. Uh, if you want to join me, join me. I, I run my own page, so uh, join me. And um, yeah, thanks for Join Antoinette Beenders. It's worth it. So worth it. So worth it. Thanks, Errol. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Errol Douglas and Friends podcast. Check out our Errol Douglas Club Instagram and website in the link below. 
follow us and click the bell to be notified. Until the next time.